0: So I'm excited to preach this morning. I'm excited about this particular text, this passage that comes from Matthew, these last words of Christ to his disciples. I'm encouraged because we're talking about mission, that we are sent people, that we serve a risen Messiah who is also ascending Messiah, a risen Lord. I'm encouraged by this. It's also too, this is kind of the, this is a big Sunday for us too, it's the end of this long sermon series where we've been working through the vital signs of a healthy and a missional church. And we'll be ending it right here, I think, at the right spot, about talking about how Christ has sent us out. So I love, I'm excited about this text. I'm excited because I believe that God has called us to be missional people. God has done amazing things. And so I want to talk about it. But I start thinking about us, too, about us as a church, or about people from any church. and you start thinking about us, Christians, why, why all this emphasis on mission? Now, I mean, we talk about it a lot, so maybe some of us, we just take it for granted, and that's just what churches do. But I wonder if maybe some of you have a question of why this emphasis on mission, on intentional evangelism, about telling people about Jesus? Why do we talk about this so much? Does anybody else maybe have this question or wonder about this? Well, the cool thing for me is, as I was working through this passage, why do we tell people about Christ? Why this emphasis on mission? For me, it begins with the reality that there is a gospel to preach. There is a gospel to proclaim. Now, gospel actually means good news. There is good news to proclaim. There is good news. To proclaim. So the thing is, like, if you maybe you've read some of the Bible, you've read some of the scriptures, starting in the beginning. Many people have you know read this book called Genesis, where it talks about God creating and. And what happened when Adam and Eve, the first people, when they rebelled against God? And this word that we talk about, sin, but basically rebellion came into the world. And humanity and creation, everything began to unravel. Everything that God had made good began to go wrong. And it was spent God spent centuries, generations after generations, again, working with the people of Israel to make things right. Working with Abraham, made a covenant that Abraham would have Children and his children would be a blessing to all the nations that would bring all of people, all of humanity back to God. And then, too, he worked through David and, and this great king, and he said, David, you're going to have one of your descendants is going to be on the throne forever. So these great covenants that God has made, but also speaking through prophets, people who spoke, and and, and I think of Jeremiah and Ezekiel talking about a new covenant that God would make with people. The covenant that would be written on their heart. People would follow God faithfully. I think about Isaiah, this prophet who lived a long time ago. He talked about this faithful servant, this suffering servant who would come, and who would lead the people of Israel, who would lead all people back to God. So there's this long history leading up to this moment of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Now the amazing thing is, for us, it's it's like God took this millstone, this huge stone, and just... Dropped it right in the middle of this of this pond, and the waves started going out from there. God Himself entered into human history. He came as a child, vulnerable, laying in a manger, and like those lowly beginning. God, imagine this: God becoming a child, being born into a stable, and then He lived. He grew up among the people, and He lived, and He taught us about who He was taught us about the kingdom of God. When Jesus preached the gospel, he said, Repent and believe. The kingdom of God has come near. The way God does things, the way God has made for us to live, has come near to us. This was Jesus' gospel. But Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't just teach. I mean, there are a lot of good teachers throughout history, but Jesus didn't stop there. He also suffered and died. He went to to this cross. The Romans and the Jewish leaders of that time, they had him crucified because they didn't like the things that he was saying. But also, God had a plan in them. God used this crucifixion that looked like a horrible death and, and the end of everything. God used it as the beginning of everything. He made us right with God again. Maybe some of you are here today wondering, you know, about this how do I get right with God? How do I, how am I reconciled with this God you're talking about? Well, it happens at this cross. At Jesus of Nazareth, and he died on the cross for our sake. But on the cross, he also took care of sin. That, you know, the sin that we, these rebellious things that we have in us, these things that we continue to do, like selfishness and greed, these things that hold us down, that become like this prison for us, he set us free. Jesus of Nazareth, on the cross, set us free from these things. But not only that, but he defeated Satan, the evil one. He tries to lie to us and tell us we're not good enough. Who tries to lie to us and tell us that we could never be saved, we're beyond saving. He defeated him too. Jesus died on this cross. Now, we understand this as an amazing thing because of the fact that Jesus rose again. Hopefully everybody has heard that that Jesus He died on a cross, but he actually rose again. Rose again, defeating death. Death is no longer our last enemy following Jesus, death is no longer the final word. But not only that, not only do we have eternal life in Jesus, but also we have new life now. New life, this, this idea that John talked about in one of his books about Jesus. John was one of his disciples, one of his followers. He wrote this book called The Gospel of John. And he talked about life, that life begins the moment we believe into Jesus, See, I think sometimes we think about, I'll believe into Jesus, so I'll go to heaven someday when I die. And I believe that's true. But also, believing into Jesus has a real life effect right now. It changes the way that we live right now. That's encouraging for me. I hope it's encouraging for you. So Jesus, not only did he die on the cross, but he rose again after three days. And he spent time in Luke's Gospel. It's actually spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them more, telling them more about who he is and what he was doing. But then he ascended. That means that he went up. He is sitting at God's right hand in heaven. This is the amazing thing, is that Jesus is not dead. He is alive, and he is at God's right hand. He is the King of kings. He continues to be the Lord of lords. Is that something phone? I'm sure the phone in the kitchen. <laughs> He is the King of kings and Lord of lords right now, still sovereign over all the world, giving us, encouraging us with hope. That as hard as things may look out here, God is still God. Jesus still has authority. He's still sitting in God's right hand, interceding for us, praying for us. The cool thing is, is that God is not just staying there. He is coming again. Jesus is coming again. and We have this hope in him that one day he will return and he'll make things right and good. He'll bring the fullness of God's shalom or God's peace. See, when we think about peace and we often think of well there will be the end of war but actually Shalom has this idea of fullness of prosperity of abundance so as you read through parts of the Old Testament when they talk about what the kingdom of God will be like they often talk about a banquet imagine life being like a banquet where you have more than you can imagine of good things no more tears no more crying fullness this is what Christ is coming to bring this is what Jesus is coming to bring on earth to make things right and good. So it made we wonder about this mission. Like, you know, why mission? Why so much emphasis on telling people about Jesus? And the first thing that I realize is because there is good news to tell people. There is gospel to go and proclaim. It's amazing what Jesus has done, what God has done through Christ, through Jesus of Nazareth. So we start, that's where we begin. One, that there's good news. But the second thing that's pretty amazing to me, as I was reading through this text, is realizing that, one, that the Word of God is relevant today. The Word of God is still speaking to us today. This passage that we're going to be reading, if you look in your bulletins, there's a, there's a, a little handout. It has this, this small snippet of part of the Bible it comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew was one of Jesus' followers. These are his last words. These are Jesus' last words in the gospel. Actually, these are the last words of that whole gospel. Kind of like the sending ones. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, for this reason, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And truly, I tell you, or actually in the literal says, Behold... I will be with you always. Even to the very end of the age. See, I love this text because, I don't know if you realize it, but Jesus is speaking this to his disciples, but I think because this is scripture, I hear it speaking to us too. Jesus is saying, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them everything that I have commanded. I hear it, it's almost as if Jesus is speaking right through the disciples to us. Speaking right through the disciples to you. You go and do this too. So let's break this down a little bit. If you want to, you can keep that sheet out in front of you and look at it. But talking about, the first thing that's, that, that's pretty amazing to me is it says, go and make disciples. It's interesting, in the Greek, this word go is, is, uh, is, um, is a preposition, or not preposition, but... Um, Participle, And what I'm trying to get at here is that it's like the sense of already be going. It's this outward movement of going. Continue to go. So it's almost like as you're going out, make disciples. Now let's focus on that part of making disciples. It's interesting because, one, this is a command. I mean, Jesus says, do it. He doesn't say if you feel like it or if you get around to it or when you have some extra time. He says go and make disciples. But I'm interesting. Like throughout the church, throughout history, we've often talked about this as the Great Commission, where we've been commissioned to do this—to go and make disciples. So it's interesting for me is that God's saying go and be who you are, be the person that He's made you, and make disciples. Some of you are equipped. Some of you are just wired to make disciples by serving people. You have this servant heart. Maybe you feel, ah, I'm not so great with words, but man, I love to help people. I love to do things and help them. Some of you might be the other way. Maybe you're really great at relationships. You know, I love to listen to people. Or at very least, I love to help people by listening to them. Some of you are great at relationships. Some of you have really sharp minds. And so you can study theology. You can study um, understanding who Jesus is and what he's done. And you can explain it to people in really clear ways that they get it, that they understand who he is and what he's done. We all have these different gifts. So I hear Jesus commissioning you to go in the gifts that he's given you already, to be who you are and to make disciples, tell people about it. But the cool thing about this, too, is that he's giving us power to do it, not only in the command to do it, but also the commissioning to do it. He's with you in this. God's Spirit is not just sending you out there to the walls alone, but he's working in you and through you in people's lives. So go and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Now this is cool, this part about teaching. It's interesting for me, or what's cool for me, is that he's, go, he's saying, go and commit some time to people. Spend some time encouraging them in faith. Somewhere along the line, Evangelism got to this point where it's about making this decision, you know, make a convert. And Jesus, I don't know of anywhere where he says, go and make converts. Go and convince someone to be a Christian and then kind of leave them and hope they figure it out. He says, go and make disciples. Go and encourage them in faith, whether they are already trusting their lives to Jesus or not. Go and encourage them. Spend time with them. Um, Maybe a better word we have is mentor them in faith. Mentor them growing deeper in their relationship with Jesus or if they don't know him yet or if they haven't trusted their lives to him yet, encourage them with that. Help them. Answer the questions they have. Live it in front of them so they can see. But go and do these things. Teach them. Think about this as we teach people. Think about some of the people in your life. People that you're close to. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone in your family. Who is God kind of putting in your life for you to encourage in faith, or to even mentor in faith? To talk with Him about who Jesus is, how He's changed your life, how you've seen Him change other people's lives. So as I think about this, and I start thinking about us as a church doing these things, or continuing to do these things, about us encouraging people with this faith, this good news that Jesus has come, that the Messiah has come, this King king who saves and who redeems. I imagine us continuing to be a church where we love God. This place where we gather here on Sunday mornings when the rest of the world is on this beautiful morning out on the lake enjoying a great time that we come here devoting this time to God to praise him. To praise him for the way that he's changed our life. But also a church where we love each other, where we care for one another. Holding each other up. Coming to each other's aid when we need help or this church where we go out and proclaim the gospel. We want to see our community look more like God's kingdom for their sake. If we'd see them, we'd see marriages restored, we'd see elderly people looked after kids being raised in character and faith. We want to see these things in our community, not for our sake, but for their sake. See, the thing is, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Because I think, one, I think he's interested in a vast quantity of disciples. But I also think he's really interested also in a deep, rich, quality of discipleship. That's why as a church, we're about making and deepening disciples. Not just trying to get people to say yes to Jesus and then hope they figure it out. But making disciples. Walking alongside people. Encouraging them. In faith. So Jesus already begins speaking right to us. Commissioning. I hope you see this, that the risen Messiah is ascending Messiah. The Savior Jesus, who rose again, not only did he rise, but he is sending us to proclaim this good news, to tell people about it. But here's the cool thing. And maybe some of you are thinking, like, okay, that seems overwhelming. I mean, how do I do this? The cool thing is is that he said this part. He said, truly, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age." I have amazing news for you. You're not alone in this. Telling people about Jesus as, as scary as that might be for you, you're not alone in it. King Jesus is with you. The Lord of lords, the King of kings, he is with you already. In fact, actually, I believe, I believe that he's already there in those places where he's sending. The kingdom of God, we don't bring the kingdom of God with. The kingdom of God is already there. So when we go out into our community, we go to our neighbor's house and we start telling them about faith and encouraging them in Christ, we don't bring the kingdom of God with us. The kingdom of God is already there. The spirit of God is already there. When we come and we bring food to people, they bring food to their home, we don't bring the kingdom of God with us. The kingdom is already there. We join in what God is already doing. When we go on a mission trip, say to Mexico or to to Ecuador, we don't bring the kingdom of God with us. The kingdom of God is already there at work. The spirit is working in people's lives. We join in what God is doing. In about a month or a month and a half, when we have a service in the park, when we invite our friends and our neighbors to come out and hear good news about who Jesus is, we don't bring the kingdom of God there. The kingdom of God is already here in our community. The spirit is already working. We join into what God is doing. The amazing thing is we have Jesus with us in this. See, we oftentimes think of Jesus as in the church, and that's true. The Spirit of God dwells here and moves among us here, but also the Spirit of God is out there too. Christ is out there too. So when we go out in mission, I want to change the way you think. We are not leaving Jesus to go out into the world. We are leaving Jesus to go out into the world with him. I believe that maybe we're even closer to Christ and we're out in mission because our God is a mission God. Our God is a sending God who is out there Himself. We go out with Christ in this mission. But this is the amazing thing: is that this is the Risen Lord we're talking about—Jesus, who is alive, who is sitting at God's right hand, Lord of lords, King of kings, the Great I Am, Yeshua, God who saves. The creator of all things, the first and the last, the omega, the alpha and the omega, the one who is and who is to come. This is the God who is with us. Jesus talked about this. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go out and make disciples. All authority. That doesn't mean some. That means all authority in heaven and earth is his. And this is the God who comes with us out into mission. So I want to encourage you that, you know, we say, you know, why this emphasis on mission, on telling people about Jesus and who he is, on serving our community? Why this emphasis? on One, because there is good news to tell people. There is good news that the Messiah has come, that he died and that he rose again and he's coming. There's good news to tell. People. But not only that, but we've been commissioned. Go and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And the amazing part is he's going to be there with us. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and he will be with you always to the very end of the days, to the very end of the age. So this is why we've been called to mission. But is anybody here wondering, okay, how do I do this? What do I do? I mean, I know we talk a lot about mission and we encourage it, but what can I do? Is anybody asking this question? Please, somebody ask this question. (laughs) Well, this is this is a big conversation, but there are things that we can start doing right now. The first one we can do is begin discerning, which is one word for uh, to say asking God to help us figure it out. Lord God, help us figure out what You want us to do and how You want us to do. It. Here, try this with me. Just repeat after me. Jesus, show me what to do. Show me how to do it. Pretty simple, isn't it? That prayer. Pray that prayer this week. Jesus, show me what to do. Show me how to do it. You want something to do this week? You want to know how can I begin? Begin praying that prayer this week. Say those simple words, then. Jesus, show me what to do and show me how to do it. And then go do it. I know you're busy. I know if you're like me, you've got the to-do, the to-do list is up to here. Feel like you're underwater already? How can I do this? Trust me, you can do it. Trust me, you can do it. These things matter. Go and do this. So pray. Jesus starts to show you when, when the Spirit starts to show you what to do. And begins to reveal how to do it. Go and do it. It's okay if it's a small start. Just start this week. It's okay if it's maybe just one person that you know. And you say, you know what? I need to go talk. And you go, for one, see how they're doing and to encourage them to go do it. Just do that one thing this way. Maybe some of you are thinking, like, maybe you're already thinking, like, you know, I've got, I sense God calling me to help more in small groups, maybe to lead a small group. Find another leader and join them. Find a leader who's already leading small groups. Hey, can I watch you for a bit or can you teach me some of how you lead a small group? So can I, I feel God calling me to lead a small group. Imagine what things to begin to begin to look like when we do this. Imagine what already will be happening by next Sunday if we started doing this. Think about some of the things that God is calling to you for you just started doing. It. Just this week, just, just do one of them. Jesus, what would you have me do? How do you want me to do? It? And we started doing that this week. I see this place. I see this room here, this place where we gather to praise God, even more full than it is today. And not just anybody, but our friends and our neighbors. The people that you know. The people that you've been talking with and praying with and praying for for years. The people that you've been encouraging. I see them here. I see their arms lifted up, them praising God praising Christ for who he is and what he's done in their lives. I see it begin to spill out of this church or continue to spill out of this church as our community begins to change and the kingdom of God begins to grow and flourish here even more than it already is. To see marriages restored. To see families restored and thriving, To see kids growing up to be men and women of faith and character. To see elderly people in our community cared for. Someone who comes and visits them. To make sure that they're still okay and to help them. To see things happening. To see neighbors caring for neighbors. The kingdom of God flourishing here. This is what compels me. This is what drives me. This vision of this place filled in our community looking different. I pray that you hear it this morning. On this last Sunday of our Vital Signs Sermon Series, I pray that you hear Jesus, one, saying, go out and proclaim good news because there's good news to tell. Two, that you've been commissioned. Go and make disciples. Teach people everything that Jesus has commanded you. And then three, he's going to be with you in it. You're not alone in this. King Jesus is with you when you go out.